This is the Context Podcast sponsored by Proofgeist. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. We all know that it's vital that every part of our problem-solving application for customers is well thought out and well designed. Well, in this ever-expanding Claris ecosystem in which we work, there's a lot more to be mindful of. So we can turn to the experts. Today, Molly Connolly joins me to talk about the deployment stage. We talk about all the work that goes into deploying, hosting, and maintaining files for clients. And we come to the conclusion that using a hosting provider is the way to go. Molly has worked with many hosting providers over the years, and she would like to share with us her experience with using these providers. And just FYI, Molly and I talked about this before the merge of Proofgeist and before the launch of our own hosting service. So today's commercial will be about ours. So you have more choices. Anyway, let's hear what Molly has to say. Molly Conley, welcome to the Context Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm excited to talk with you. I'm so excited too. It's uh, your... You're well known in the community, but I haven't had you on yet, and that that bugged me. It kept me awake every night. <laughs> well, so, let's solve that. Everyone needs yeah. to sleep. <laughs> yeah, you know that's good. Well, I, I have I have Maka to thank for this for sure. I know I've I've reached out to you a few times, but I think Maka was like bugging you until until you said yes, right? She's like, just, that, make yes. Well, just make time. Yes. Well, just make it happen. And I I think I stumbled because on the one hand it's like, oh, what do you talk about? But I think we came up with a good topic, and I. I can certainly pontificate a lot about it. Uh huh. Good. Well, um, so I want you to. We're gonna. We have a great topic to talk about. It's. I don't know where it's going to go exactly. I think I. We have some questions and some topics here, but. Uh, but first, let's start by introducing yourself to our audience. Okay, great. Um, so my name's Molly Connolly. I'm a FileMaker developer, and I've been doing this since, well, 1989. Um, right now I'm based right outside of Chicago and I have a, uh, my own business with a, a small group of subcontractors that work with me. And, um, you know, I've kind of touched on, touched on all the different aspects from being the sole developer, uh, you know, where you, you, you make the sale, you do the development, you support it, you do it all. Um, I was a founding partner at Saliant Consulting, so I managed a, a good sized team there of 15 people. And that was a, a definitely a different role of more oversight, and I think I do a lot more of that now. Um, but uh, you know, I, uh, I I love this community, and I, I love what we do, and I'm I'm happy to happy to talk about it. Well, good. Well, I, I'm curious. You've you've kind of run the whole gamut of 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 jobs in this world. Which do you like the most, and which do you um, not want to ever do again? Oh, I like how you phrase that. You know, it's funny. I um. You know, in in recent years, I, I do a, a lot less programming. You know, I'm I'm really overseeing. I try to stay up to date so that uh, you know I can work with my team to to make good assessments and good, be a good sounding board. Um, and I'm I'm less well. How do I say this? You know, with FileMaker six, you could know the whole product. Like you could just be an expert and you knew everything you could do with FileMaker or you know almost everything. Well, and, and it just continues more and more and more and more. It's just impossible, right? You you can't know it all. You need to work with the team. And so for me, I do right now most enjoy, you know, the oversight, the coming up with the concept, the helping plan, and then leaving it uh, to 
you know, this team that I have who can pick up the new skills and the API and everything so much more quickly. Um, so I do like that oversight role. And then when you say, what, what would you never like to do again? Here's the funniest thing. You know, I used to be like, I can't, I don't ever want to do merge fields or letters or grunt work or interface. You know, like I just never want to do that again. And then uh, this past year, which has obviously been challenging for a lot of us, you know, with just so many different variables, I actually found it kind of comforting to do some of the really boring layout work. <laughs> so it's interesting. I, again, I can say, oh, I don't ever want to do that again. But you know what? Sometimes when it's something that's very easy and rote and repetitive, yeah, kind of kind of helped get through some of those uh, stickier parts of 2020. Every once in a while, I lament that everything that I do is new for me, like connecting to an API or writing some more JavaScript stuff. And some days I would just like to go back to the stuff that I actually know how to do, you know, just it's comfort. It's like watching a TV show again. It's like watching it's comforting again. to be like, yeah. I know this. I am a hundred percent sure I did it right. <laughs> like, or even I know there's 12 ways to do it. And this is the best way, which is not the case when you keep learning new technologies and trying to anticipate. And so every once in a while, it's, it's good to like the comfort food. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's an interesting idea. Maybe, Maybe I should do a blog post on just comfort food file maker and, you know, and just remind people, hey, go back to what you know, play with what you know. It's okay not to do something new tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that. I like that. It is. You have to remind yourself because sometimes it just gets too frustrating, like always trying to keep up to date and then be like, you know what? Some of this really basic stuff really does solve problems and we got to stick with that. We don't have to overinvent in what we deliver to people. Well, well, speaking of new and, and um, kind of maybe out of a comfort zone at, at first or at, at some point in your career, we're here to today to talk about deployment, mm -hmm. hosting, and server maintenance, or it, that's the topic that we have, right? Yeah. Those, those three. Did I get them in the right order? Deployment. Yeah, I think that's great. They all kind of come together. Now you uh, you 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 mentioned to me that you have very strong opinions about it. How did you get into the <laughs> server stuff? You you mentioned you've been a coder. You know you've worked in FileMaker. How did you get into this hosting? Yeah, no, great question. Well, um, yeah, over the years I've discovered that I have a lot more uh, experience, expertise, whatever you want to say, in troubleshooting server issues, and I'm not. You know, I'm a liberal arts, poli-sci, econ major, right? So, so I'm not the, the computer science background. I get, I definitely get overwhelmed by so, ma so many of the technical topics. But when it came down to deployment, what would happen is, you know, at the end of the day, you're billing to develop new products, new features, roll out things that the client can check off and be like, oh, this is new, this is working for me. And so... I always wanted to keep my team focused on the enhancements, the deployment, the stuff that the users could see, because that keeps the money coming in, right? People are not as happy about paying you to troubleshoot a slowness issue, right? Or that somebody in some remote location often can't connect and everybody else is fine. So what would happen is a lot of times I wanted to keep the team focused on, keep, you know, keep the clients as happy as you can and, you know, I'll make sure 
the deployment goes out, right? You're done, you've built the product, move on to the next one. I'll make sure that we deploy it safely, get it up and running. And again, just kind of keeping that team up and running. Um, and there's a lot of people I think who really resist, I mean, even installing FileMaker server, right? I, I, I'm always shocked at how many developers I've talked to who have never even done it. Um, I think it's important to know the product, uh, but I understand why they avoid it. So basically I became the troubleshooter and that's in my context of as an account manager um, because I could understand how the application was built and then look at also the factors of like, how's it being hosted? How's it being accessed? You know, what are, what are some of the things that we could do to improve it? That's, that's where I think I ended up, I don't want to say being stuck, but, but it is, you know, being stuck with any time there was a server issue, it would come to me. Okay. Does it take a special person to be, be like to do this stuff? You mentioned some people don't want to kind of avoid it, even installing server. Um, does it take a special kind of person or a person with certain characteristics? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. I think the, the main thing is you need to be able to articulate the right questions, right? I am still stuck when I talk to my hosting providers or IT, um, you know, oh, which port is it? Right. Which, mm -hmm. okay. you know, what, uh, you know, what OS are you using? I'm not going to know those off the top of my head or they're talking about, you know, VPN and DMZ. And then I'll get into a couple of these conversations with IT and I literally have no idea what they're talking about. And so <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep centered in what am I trying to achieve? You know, what are, what are the basics? And then so maybe in terms of quality, you need to be comfortable with the fact that you can't know it all, right? Every, I work for a lot of big companies and they've got their networks configured totally different and they have different names and whatever. So it's a little bit of not being intimidated and being able to say, listen, here's what I know. How can you work with me to make sure that it works? That's a good point. I, not being intimidated by this, it, it, you, you mentioned that it feels overwhelming to people. I certainly am one of those people who, when, when, when Todd asked me once to test S3 on auto, I was like, what am I supposed to do? I have no idea what any of those words mean. I knew what auto was, but I didn't know. Right. Like where does else. it start? Right? Or, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of these, you know, unfortunately we work with a lot of hostile IT departments and they will use that intimidation factor to be like, see, we don't want to use FileMaker right? Well, that's not fair. All I'm asking is that you open port 80, right? There's, there's, there's a handful of things I need to know. I don't know what else you need to do with your VPN or your virtual environment or your PAM or whatever it is, but I need port 80 open. Thank you very much. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough because they're, they're looking for ways to work within the context of their own setup and you have to find a way to just, uh, not just negotiate that, but just make it clear what, you know, what the base level needs to be done. All right. So let's, let's talk about this because you're, the way that we're getting into this is that you mentioned it's overwhelming. It feels like it's tough. A lot of people miss it or, or uh, just, you know, feel really overwhelmed by it. So yeah. help us. We're going to, we're going to talk through all three of those. I'd like you to give us the, the kind of the high level thoughts, uh, talking points, concepts about each part of the, each part of what we're of, of our topic for today of deployment, hosting, and maintenance. Just mm -hmm. give us things that we can look up later so that we don't, you know, 
Oh, great. We don't have you don't have to tell us everything. Don't tell us all the port numbers and the services. That <laughs> yes, have, nobody know, wants to know that anyway. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> but tell us the the high level. So let's start with um, deployment. Uh, when you deploy a file to a server, yeah. Uh, what's what do you need to know about that? Well, I usually start with, and I think you know, I, over the years, my opinion has changed on this. So let's start where I'm at right now. Here we are, 2021. My ideal scenario in today's world is any new client I have or anyone who has FileMaker, I would like them to use an outside hosting organization, right? And say, so you're going to say, okay, how many users do you have? How are we going to host this solution? And the preference, because there are a lot of things to maintain, would be to say, hey, let's have you just pay the monthly fee to have this hosted. And then there's an infrastructure uh, to watch, maintain that, keep it up to speed and go from there right um but some so we can get into what type of hosting they need if they they agree to hosting separately but some organizations will say absolutely not right blue cross blue shield is not going to host their uh their solution they have their own servers they have their own it so you need to figure out how to work with them to say okay here's here's the configuration i need your it to set up and here's the ports i need open Right. And that that can be challenging. Right. Trying to work within IT and how they allow their users to access any solution. And then the third one is if it's a real small organization, a lot of times they will say, well, I've got a server sitting here and there's only five people and let's just spin it up here. Uh, There's still a lot of people that do that. And, you know, again, I, I prefer to have them hosted because at the end of the day, uh, it's it's just more work than it's worth to try to talk to, you know, their IT guy who's somebody's sister who comes in and restarts the server. <laughs> you know, just let's just get it hosted so you don't have to worry about it. So when you, when it comes to deployment, those are the kinds of things that you're you're thinking about. Number one is the where the host is going to be. Um, outside or inside and your preferences outside you really try to push people towards that yeah um obviously the company's needs are part of it where you know some government contractor governments are not going to do an outside server probably i have no idea if yeah the united states is on aws or not you know i don't i assume not some of them but it is funny what you have to go through to be like let me show you how much more secure AWS is than your server in John, the IT guy's basement. <laughs> you know, like it just, um, but yeah, and some of them, it's it's a real, uh, you know, it's a real hard road to get them to do it, but you can, so. The biggest reason you mentioned is that it's just easier to deploy to let somebody else handle this not just the IT guy in, in his basement, not only from a security point of view, but just knowing how to work with FileMaker server itself and FileMaker files, an outside source is going to be able to handle that better. Than, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. And I think, um, you know, on the one hand, we can look, I'm going to pop up on my own desktop, just the FileMaker server console. And they've set it up so it's pretty easy to set up your backups and set up your uh, server side scripts and everything. However, but again, if you're if you're a 
hosting organization and you're used to doing this, you know how much RAM a solution is going to need. You know how much server space you need. You're going to keep an eye on that. Um, you're going to be able to monitor the network connections. You're going to be able to just keep an eye on that in a way that, uh, you know, an individual who is just hosting a couple of their own databases isn't necessarily going to have the expertise. And the truth is, I mean, when FileMaker comes out with an update, there are bugs, right? And, you know, a lot of the times the, the, the bugs don't affect your client. Somehow for mine, one of them always is affected, right? And so, um, so it's nice to be able to work with a hosting organization that instead of having 20 clients has 100 clients. And they can say, oh, you're having a, you're having a slowness issue. I wonder, are you using X, Y, or Z? Right. Could you have just to know what those questions are uh, versus just being isolated and trying to figure out why does this work for one client and it's not working for this one? That's that's a good point. Um, leave it to the experts to, to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're, we're going to talk about the different um, providers out there and, and, and what you look for and um, what a FileMaker developer should know when using those providers. But let's move on to... Um, hosting what are what are the high level concepts there what do you want people to know about that particular topic um yeah, i think i think the hosting again is you know in terms of are you going to host it yourself do you want to okay. have to be an aws expert are you going to have somebody else host it and then when you do choose your host you know what does your client really need right there are different okay. levels of hosting and you you pay for it um, and you need to determine what uh, what's worth it. What does your client actually need? I suppose in these initial stages is um, knowing the file. You mentioned that because you're the account manager and you know the file and you know what it, it does and therefore you can provide a, a good hosting environment for it. So that seems to be a key is to, <laughs> to know what this file needs uh, on the back end to let it run effectively correct? Yeah. And, and maybe if I give some examples. So for example, yeah. I've got, got a Montessori school uh, that I work on with Proof Group, right? And so they they host that internally, right? It's it, They can do it for fairly inexpensive. They don't, you know, they have 10 users. They probably touch the file every day, but we only need nightly backups, there's never going to be something where we need to roll back to an hour before, you know, and, and so, um, and they don't need incredible speed or they don't need, there's very little data in there. So it makes sense to have proof, you know, just host it for them. They can uh, charge a nominal fee for the hosting and it's secure and we have nightly backups and that's plenty. There's not a lot of data in there either. Right. And so that's one where like, you know, again, they're hosting it directly. Now I've got another client who it's it's actually kind of fascinating. You know, you, you, that's one of the fun things about being a filemaker developer is you run into these situations where you're like, "Wow, who knew how much work that was?" So, th- so this particular client handles basically, uh, you know, snow plowing for Walgreens, CVS, all these big department stores where you have to, you know, get the snow out of there in a hurry, make sure the ice is melted, whatever. Well, anyway, in the case of a, if there's a blizzard, they, we've got it hooked up to an API and this information needs to come in immediately. And there's so much data that comes in because it's all over the country that I, I really do need to have a lot of speed, right? Because we're handling tons and tons of transactions. 
I need to be able to have backups that are hourly because if they miss, you know, a few hundred snow jobs across the country and then they can't bill for it, it's a huge problem. Right? I need to be able to back up really quickly. And because the volume is so high, um, there's, you know, there's images taken, there's tons and tons of images, I need to be able to increase the volume so that, that we're never tight on disk space, right? And sometimes it, it just blows up. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think it would, but there are times where you're like, wow, we really need to increase this. Well, disk space is cheap, and that's much easier to make sure that you can very quickly increase that. And, and literally some of these hosting companies, like Saliant can say, if I call them, they can increase the disk space in under five minutes, right? So does, does my Montessori school need that? Never, never, ever, right? <laughs> but uh, does this particular client need it? Another one is uh, just just security, right? To be able to say, yep, this is AWS, and we've put we've, we're using the fully encrypted mode. Um, there's a lot of like you mentioned earlier, some of the government agencies they really need to check a lot of boxes, and so you can do that if somebody's using. AWS as their host versus they have their own infrastructure um, that they've, they've set up and you would say is perfectly secure, but it just doesn't meet the guidelines that a, a government client or a security client needs. So you're telling me that not only do I have to know all the technical parts of, of hosting and stuff, but I also have to know, based on this file, I have to make a prediction about what to deploy and, and how to deploy it and what the, what the setup should be. It seems like it's a lot of work. You have to know what the requirements are for a large file, like like your snow plowing mm -hmm. file. You have to know a high traffic one. You have to know the requirements for a, a low traffic one, let less data. Um, for you have to know the requirements for when people are all over the country or in one one building, one location. That's a lot of that's a lot of knowing. That's a lot of stuff you have to consider. Does it does that stuff become ingrained in you? as you do this? Well, I think it does. And I think it's, um, and I think you can make it easier by just having a checklist, right? So we could probably make, we could probably make a little grid. I have one in my head, right? That's like, okay, how many users, how often are they using it? Are they using it? Uh, how are they accessing it? Is it client? Is it web direct? Um, are they using DynamoDB? What are they using, right? Um, so you could just make a checklist that as you say, okay, I'm going to deploy this thing. And, you know, the easiest one is a gut check. All right, how bad is it going to be if this client can't get to the database for a day, for an hour, right? That's how I make my <laughs> And some of it is, you know, so if, if we go into the different types of hosting, my I have some clients that... I'm sure you've had them, Jeremy, that are more demanding than others, maybe with no reason, right? <laughs> like there's some business owners that even though no one's going to die, if they can't use that database for an hour, if it goes down, they're furious. So we pay more for hosting for them to ensure uptime. So it sounds like you are, again, you're the account manager, so it's easy to do this, but you are thinking about this from the very beginning of the file when it, you know, probably even before the first table is created in the in the yeah, FileMaker file. For sure. Yeah. It's part of my sales process, really. Like, okay, okay. you know, how many users, how are we going to deploy it? Am I going to be able to satisfy this client? You know, I have some clients that say, oh, I need, uh, you know, I need to be able to, 
call you 24-7. Well, I don't have that kind of service, right? So I certainly don't have that with my development team. If they need it for the hosting team, I can hire someone that, you know, FMP host, you put a ticket in, I've got, they will respond at midnight, right? And so, uh, so I ask those questions uh, definitely upfront. And then you can also scale it. They'll say, oh, I don't want to pay 150 bucks a month for hosting. Well, that gives you a clue right there. Okay, well, then you're going to have to expect that we're not going to get an immediate response if there's an issue, right? Um, so some of it is kind of throwing out the numbers and making and and explain making the case for what the charge for hosting will. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll get. You've mentioned a lot of providers so far. We'll talk about those in a minute. But I want to know what are the high level things to understand when it comes to maintaining a file that's hosted. Yeah, that's great. Or the- um, I'll just give a couple that. I ran into recently and it is interesting because I I had to make another checklist for my team because I had to take some time off this fall and I realized that they're just things that they weren't checking, right? I came back and I did find out that, you know, one of the client's backups hadn't been running. You know, I came back and I found out one of the clients uh, had done something crazy and like made too many backups and now their disk was almost full. So there's just a little checklist to maintain of, um, you know, how big is the file? How many people are using it? Are the backups working? Because sometimes they can stop and it's usually, there's a bunch of reasons it could happen, but you can't just assume that, oh yeah, my backups are, I set them up three years ago and they're still running. You, You need to keep a double check on it. I'm trying to think of another maintenance. Another important maintenance one is as you look at upgrades, you know, you want to know which version of client is installed for all your users because sometimes people will report a problem and then you find out they're using an old version of client. And with, you know, FileMaker 17 is not going to work with FileMaker 19 server at all. Right? So you have to you have to be like, "Hey, you know, that guy in Alaska, he needs to upgrade." Right, we talked about this, and you still didn't do it, and that's why he can't access it anymore. Oh, okay. And you also <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> that sounded like a oh, we'll just. I don't want to do it. Still, I still don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I hope we're not scaring people away by. About, <laughs> we're trying to make it easier and make okay. it more transparent. <laughs> oh, sorry, I don't mean to dig. Yeah, I, I can get way, no. and I get way too into some of the nitty gritty. So keep keep me high level. I love the nitty gritty. Okay. No, well, okay, we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, but it also occurs to me that you need to know not only about versioning, but you need to know what bugs were introduced in a particular host uh, version of server, right? Yeah. Well, and, and if you know, I'll give you an example right now. Like I'm in the middle of, we just did an upgrade from 17 to 19. The client skipped 18. And they're having performance issues that they didn't have in 17, Right. And I can look at, so basically there's a, there's a dashboard that's really heavy, right? There's a couple portals on it. There's a lot of summary calculations. And so that has always been, you know, we knew it was pretty heavy, I guess if that's what I want to call it. Well, it worked in 17. Well, now, now we're in 19 and the users are experienced where they will crash. Well, not always, you know, three or four times a day, only two of the eight people. We think sometimes it's when they navigate to the dashboard, sometimes it's not. So 
is it really you know but before i spend a whole bunch of time reconfiguring that dashboard which was built in 16 so it could absolutely be optimized right there's a whole bunch of ways we could optimize that dashboard make it load faster run scripts overnight but the client doesn't want to pay for something that worked when we were in 17 and now it doesn't work so my first step is is it really you know okay the application is not optimized you could always go back and improve how your application works it's not optimized but before i spend the money that i'm not going to be able to charge for to enhance it could it be a bug could it be you know could it be something that works differently that i could just modify and that's when you do go look at the uh, release notes you know my example the first thing I looked at, and unfortunately hasn't solved it, but it seems to have cut it down, is in the most recent version of 19, uh, there was an issue where clients were freezing on intensive fines, right? So if you're doing a find on an unindexed field and it didn't freeze in 17 or 18, it was freezing, that bug was fixed. As soon as we upgraded server to the most recent version, half of my freezes at this client stopped. So <laughs> again, yeah, so the nitty gritty example of exactly what you said, like, yeah, look at the release notes. Can you solve it with uh, an update, with a release? And then this is another part where I don't want to have to deal with Windows OS, right? So I want to work with a hosting company that I say, hey, can you make sure that that, that volume is up to date? that all our patches are in place. I don't want to have to keep track of that too. I can handle keeping track of FileMaker updates, but beyond that is it's too much. Um, okay, so we, we still haven't gotten to providers yet. I, <clears throat> you've mentioned them specifically, but you're, 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 you mentioned that a lot. You said you have a preference of using a hosting provider, and yet we just listed spent you know fifteen minutes talking about like high level concepts. Does does me a, a filemaker developer who's working on a file for a client? Do I need to know about all that stuff, e even though the provider is going to handle it? Well, that's, that's a great question. Uh, yes and no. So yeah, if if you don't mind, I'll go. I'll just go through a couple examples, right? If you're paying and. I don't, you know, everybody's got to look at the numbers, but if you're expecting to pay $60, $70 a month for your hosting, you're going to get an infrastructure in place and you're going to get uh, someone who it's, it's set up, but the, the environment may not be optimized, right? It's they're they're used, maybe they're using a little less RAM because it works, right? Maybe they're using, um, you know, just a, a different level of, of, of disk, I.O., whatever. So, you know, if you're paying for cheaper hosting, you're going to get the host is up and running, you're good to go. But if you run into a problem, you're going to pay most likely for any hourly support for troubleshooting. And, and that's fine. That's reasonable, right? Um, but, and for me, again, the example comes down to, so for example, you know, proof is handling the Montessori client. No problem. If something comes up where that client is having problems, I'm the one who's troubleshooting it. The other one, I, I do a lot of work with 360 Works. They offer hosting. And so they, what I like about them is I have full access uh, 
to the drive, to the server, right? I can already see into the server. So if there's a problem, or even if there's not a problem, but if I want to set up a new plugin, or if I want to run some reports, or if I do need to do more detailed work, um, I just log right into that server and I can get everything I need. So that's, that's one where I have a lot more control. At the same time, I also have a lot more responsibility, right? So, you know, if you're someone that's using a lot of plugins, using a lot of APIs, and wants to have direct access. So for example, if I need to transfer a 15 gigabyte file, I don't want to upload it through FileMaker client. I want to be able to just drop it onto the server, right? You can't do that with some of these hosting providers because they're not going to give you access to the server directly. Then the other one is you know, FMP host is one that I use a lot. It's quick. It's easy. They're super, their support is great. They're the ones that'll write back at midnight. Um, but I'm still doing my own monitoring, right? It's up and running, but if there's any problems, I need to put in a ticket. I need to give a recommendation of what I think is happening. I need to ask, you know, could it be X, Y, or Z? And they're, they're, they get the job done. If I have a client and I do any of my financial clients or any of my kind of high maintenance clients where, you know, I want some, some proactive monitoring, then I'll go to Saliant, right? Bill Heiser set up the whole hosting at Saliant. He worked at FileMaker for years. He's using, um, you know, top of the line standards. They have monitoring tools in place. They're going to tell me, hey, it looks like disk space is getting low. We recommend you do X, Y, and Z. They're going to tell me, hey, a new release came out. We plan to upgrade this on Saturday. As opposed to, you know, as opposed to like 360, I got to remember to say, hey, guys, can you upgrade that server? And the level of service there is is simply based on what they offer, what the what the companies offer, and the pricing of it. Yep, and it's and it really okay. is all about price. And all of them have different reasons to use it, which again is why you qualify. Hey, you know what? If I want to just, you know, give them the file and be done with it, and I'm willing to pay for it, I'm going to go to Saliant, right? If if I if I want control and I want to be able to have access to the server, and Again, I do have some clients where I really do want to be the one who can be in there hands-on. I want access to the box. And so I can go to 360 and have them spin something up for me. You, you, you use the word uh, want control, that phrase. And you know we FileMaker developers kind of like to have control. I, I, <laughs> yes, I know- you're identifying, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, but I'll keep on going by saying, you know, I, I love using JavaScript libraries. I don't know how any of it works. I don't care how data tables or apex chart works it just works it just solves my problem right yeah but some people like to get in there and, and learn more about it it sounds like giving up the, the control of hosting might be you know tough for some of us filemaker developers but it seems to be worth it because server is is a whole world in of itself that you could spend years and years learning about you know i think it's such a good point is again, the, and some of it comes down to how are you going to run your business? How are you going to make the best use of your time? And that's, it's funny, even as you say that, it's like, I, sh- I shouldn't need control over that server. That client has been my baby for a long time. I like being able to go in and look at the logs directly. Do I really need to, right? Could I spend my time doing something else? <laughs> Probably, right? Um, so I think it's a good, it's a good question to say, where are you going to spend your time? Where do you want to, you know, where do you want to be able to delegate? And we really are at a place now where we can't delegate the hosting. You know, I, I feel like 
even a few years ago, I wasn't as comfortable letting go of that. Because, and again, some of that is just because I have spent so much time troubleshooting um, that it was like, well, I know more about, you know, I'm telling this person what to check for anyway. I might as well just do it myself. Um, But you have to, at a certain point, you need to kind of let go of that. Yeah. And I think Todd has had this point many times. You have, we just heard it. You compared it to FileMaker 6. You can know everything about FileMaker 6 and be good. Here in this ecosystem, we don't have time or the human brain power capacity to know every, you know, there are a few people, I guess, that are well, accepted. You just but, don't? No, you're dead on. That's the thing. I yeah. mean, if you've been doing this for a long time. You're like, well, I re- there's just a, there's such a small fraction of what I can know and what I can be an expert in. And that's okay. That's That's where we are now. And that's the forward momentum of our platform. There's no going back to FileMaker 6 when you could know everything about it. And no. <laughs> No, as comforting no. as that is, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's not, you know, you're, you're yeah. never going to know it all and being okay. able to, you know, again, this is why I do think everybody, every FileMaker developer should at least install server on their machine, look at the admin console and know what the options are, right? You need to know that much so you can ask the right question. But again, you know, outsourcing the hosting, the maintenance, the proactive stuff, that can give you a lot more time and, and, and take out, I mean, you know, the hosting can be extremely anxiety provoking. If, you know, if you're getting a call on a Sunday morning or whatever, like I just like to not deal with that anymore. As we talk, you know, you're, you're making very good cases for, and I've heard this many times is to have a separate certification to remove server stuff from the certification. Yeah. We should open up FileMaker server for sure. We should play around with it, but it's really tough to know the fine details about server unless you're spending a lot of time with it. That's true for the people who choose the higher level services. If again, you decide to go your own route, either locally or with AWS your own, or with one of the providers that gives you a lot of control, then yeah, you need to spend more time on that. But that's not everybody anymore. And so maybe the certification test shouldn't test everybody on those fine details. Uh, yeah, just a thought. I think so too. Yeah, because I've I never work on server stuff here. You know, my focus has been on APIs and JavaScript and and such. So yeah, I don't know. I feel very I feel very uh, hamstrung when I go into the uh, to the certification test because there's server questions that I forgot to look up because I don't even think about FileMaker server anymore. Oh uh, no, it's frustrating, and you're like the same like you said come on, do I really know that port? Yes, I could yeah. memorize it, but I'm just going to look at If I need it, I'm just going to Google it. Yeah. The, the, big, the big draw of FileMaker is that it's low to, pro, low to no code. Um, although Todd and I talked in a recent episode that that entryway, FileMaker can be sort of an entryway drug, a gateway drug where you start writing pro code. But the, for those low code to no code users of FileMaker, how do we get to know all about hosting and deployment and maintenance? You know, cause that, that's a lot. That's, those are, those are two different worlds, right? Um, I think so how we do can, we, yeah, I think we can make, I, I think we can make it much easier. I know a lot of developers who just pick their hosting company and they say, 
you know, they do have the conversation, how many clients, how are you going to access it? What kind of backups do you need? And they send that information to whichever hosting company they pick and it's done. Okay. Right. All right. And then if they can, if they run into issues with hosting, any of those hosting companies, you can pay them to do the troubleshooting. Here's what's happening. Please figure that out. So, so we can make it simpler. Uh, Yeah. We can. And that's the whole point, right? FileMaker Cloud itself is meant for the low-code, pro, uh, no-code idea. Uh, Todd and I talked about the COVID response teams using mm-hmm. FileMaker Cloud to deploy their, their applications to people on the front lines right away. So none of those people needed to know about it. It was FileMaker Cloud who handled it all for them. Yeah. Okay. And, and this is great. I mean, you know, I... I I don't know if we want to get into this, but it, I am anxious for the day when we don't have to deal with, um, you know, client server. Okay. Right. I, I am. And it has, it really, until this, probably until the last year or two, it has not been a problem for me, but more and more large companies, large IT companies just will not you know, will not make it very difficult. Even if I'm hosting, I still have one client. It took me six months to open up a port so that we could have the users access it in a hosted environment. And meanwhile, you know, they can, they can deploy other server, you know, hosted services that, that they just, there's no ports that need to be opened. There's, there's none of that. Um, and so it's it's getting a little tiring to have to work around some of these large companies. Before you, we talk about these individuals, give me the more of the advantages of of using a hosting provider. You just talking talked about um, not having to deal with the IT department, obstinate IT departments in mm-hmm. a company. Mm-hmm. What what other advantages? I know we've we've kind of said them throughout, but let's just be in this section talk very clearly about the advantages of using hosting providers. Using hosting providers, yeah. Um, I think the main advantage of using a hosting provider is, again, it'll you know reduce the burden on your team of maintaining all these extra pieces, right? You're going to have consistency, you're going to have backups, you're going to have more disk space, and they can do it for cheaper than if you set up your own environment, right? And, and I mean that in terms of the amount of time that you or your, re, your expert resource would have to spend on it. Um, so from a, from a client perspective, I think it's a lot easier to just say, okay, you're going to uh, install client and then here's, here's where you go. Here's where you log in, right? Instead of also having to work with them and their IT uh, to manage the, the installation and the upgrades and the updates and everything. So I think it, it just takes out um, it, it takes out a lot of extra steps, and I think for the most part, having it outsourced and just knowing that somebody else is responsible, especially because you know, however many years ago, you pretty much people were only accessing things Monday through Friday. Now it's any time. You know, it's just you just you, there's no there's no breakdown. There's no nine to five anymore, right? And I don't want to be called at midnight. But I, I'm happy that the hosting company will handle that tech request at midnight on a Saturday. <laughs> you know? So sleep, more sleep is an advantage of more sleep. having a provider. Yeah. Yes. 
It is interesting. And I, I think I just thought of that as I was thinking about how things have changed. I mean, it used to be people, now this was a ways back, but they didn't call me if it was outside of business hours because they weren't working. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. <laughs> I was going to ask, what do you think are any disadvantages? But I honestly, I mean, I don't know if I should ask that because it, it sounds like having a hosting provider of some sort is the way to go for FileMaker developers. It's here's what I'm seeing. It's too much. It's a lot to know. It's a whole separate field to know. If you're a single person doing, you know, subcontracting or something or, or um, working independently, you have to know all about the FileMaker work that you're doing and then all about the server. And you have to deal with that company's IT's departments. Mm-hmm. But a provider handles all that. So are there any downsides? I, I, I don't know if I see any anymore. Um, no, and I think another thing that comes into play is it, it used to be that it was, even if you were an individual and you had, you know, like I've got 20 clients, right? You used to be, I can't remember when it was, 16? Anyway, you used to be able to host more than one client on the same server because FileMaker server could certainly handle it. As soon as that licensing changed and I had to I have to set up a separate instance for every client, it became too expensive. I wasn't able to profit on hosting. Right? I just didn't have the infrastructure for it. So a lot of you know, if you're interested in that or if you just have one client and you're and it's easy for you to to spin up a AWS instance and that's what you're interested in and it's fun for you, you can make a little bit of money. But we're, you know, what, $10 a month? Right? Is that worth it? Right? Whereas before you could put, you know, you got 10 small clients. They could all be on the same server instance. And that's a lot easier to maintain. You can't do that licensing wise anymore. So there's certainly not a financial incentive uh, to host unless you're doing it at a bigger scale. Okay. That's, that's, no, that's a good point. That's a very, that's a very good reason to, to uh, keep, stay with a digital pro- or a pro- hosting provider. Um, all right. Well, what are the, uh, can you walk through the hosting providers that you've used and what did you find in each? And I would love for you to call out, like we've done a little bit, call out the level of control I have mm-hmm. with each of the uh, providers. Okay. Um, yeah, let me see. So, all right. So let me get, I'll give you an example of some of the hosting companies that I've used and you know, why I pick different ones. I know there's others out there, so I'm not trying to, you know, these are just the ones that I've happened to use. So um, uh, FMP host, you know, they give the spinning up is super fast, right? You go to their website, you have the client fill out a form, you can either sign up so you're paying for it or the client gets billed monthly, however you want, and they handle the licensing um, and the hosting based on whatever you know, whatever criteria you give them. And I found them very easy to get up and running, and I found them extremely responsive uh, to support questions. One of the disadvantages, I shouldn't say disadvantages, one of the things where I don't have as much control with FMP host is um, sometimes when I have really big files and I need to back them up, it takes a really long time because I don't have access, direct access to the server. The other, you know, the other hosting company I'll use is 360 Works, where they give me my own box, because then I can go in there, I can transfer very large files, I can set up any of the plugins that I need myself, um, 
and monitor those. Okay. Um, and then I, I haven't used, well, I guess I have with uh, the COVID response team, F, uh, FileMakers FM Cloud. And the only reason most of my clients, I, I haven't used FM Cloud is a lot of times I do use I do use plugins um, that are not necessarily supported, and so it's um, I, I haven't used FileMaker Cloud very much, uh, just because I feel like there's still some limitations there. And then, um, and then, my higher end clients uh, all go to Saliant, and that's because of the infrastructure that they've developed there. They have the same level of you know great support but also they can be very proactive. So a lot of my clients where there's significant amount of integration or there's huge amounts of data or there's users in, right, I've got users in Japan and Australia and Indiana and we, we need to figure out how to optimize performance for them. That's where I go to Saliant because they have an infrastructure that they can spin up, you know, a ton more RAM, a ton more disk space. They can, I don't even know what words they use to say, yeah, it's too slow in Japan. So we're going to set up a sync instance that you won't even know. And it's, and it, you know, quadruples the speed for my user in Japan. So that that's kind of, and it doesn't have, it's not all my super high-end clients like that, but they have the ability um, to really take your solution to the next level. And I'll give you the example there that I, that specifically is the client that there's U.S. clients and then there's some in Japan and the, the performance in Japan was just terrible. And so we had to make some significant changes via server and the hosting without having to rewrite the whole solution. And that, um, you know, you can kind of weigh the benefits of that in terms of how much it would take to have two solutions to sync the solutions versus just throwing some more hardware at it. Um, and that's a big payoff. You're using these based on the client need. You're picking the host based on the client need, which which is also part of the pricing model. But you're, you're, that's, that's the reason you're doing it. You're not just picking the cheapest one for every client because they want to pay less. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. And if FMP host, I can get some of my smaller clients, it's like $65 a month versus $150 a month that's a client. And, you know, to a client that wants hourly backups and, you know, op- super optimized performance and, you know, proactive service, 150 bucks is not that much. To a Montessori school, they can't afford an extra, you know, they can't afford it to be double the cost. They want the, the, the least expensive option. And it, and, it, and it absolutely meets their needs, right? So that, that's why I'm never like, yeah, just always do this or always do that. I mean, what's going to meet your client's needs? If everybody had all the money in the world, fine, you could afford to pay for Saliant all the time. And, and I'm not saying Saliant's that much more expensive, especially if you look at, if you compare it, right? Uh, if you com- But again, I've got lots of happy clients on different hosting providers that just don't need that same level of proactive, um, high-end servicing. One of the advantages to me of a, of a hosting provider is you can take what the problem is, you don't have to translate it into FileMaker server speak. And you can just say, hey, 
Saliant or Hey Proof, here's the problem. Can you fix that for me? Or, you know, and they'll know what to do. Like it's starting to get slow. Maybe they'll start looking at the logs and may make some recommendations, right? Or you mentioned Saliant actually looks at monitors, your is actively monitoring your server and notices that it's running out of disk space. Because mm-hmm. um, they'll have an they'll have an alert and they'll be like, okay, we've got, you know, there's a there's a potential issue here. Do you want us to do X, Y, or Z? So I don't have to know, like, I don't have to know the technical parts of FileMaker server. I just have to know the problem and they can easily translate it into the solution on the server side. Yeah. And they can give, is that, yeah. yeah. And usually what it'll be is, oh, have you tried X, Y, and Z? Right. Because sometimes there are application level. Are your clients all upgraded? What OS are they on? Blah, blah, blah. So they can, they can guide you into enhancing that. And then... I've had some instances where, you know, they give us the ideas and then my developer just runs into a a dead end and we say, fine, can we pay one of your guys to look at the solution, look at server, monitor the logs and come up with a solution for us? With With the more frequent updates that we're getting now with both client and server, I think server has a few fewer uh, updates, but how, how does that work with a hosting provider? Do they tell you automatically that we're going to update upgrade do they ask you do they what's their what's basically policies in these different areas these different um, providers no that's another great question and that's that's another reason where i have been leaning more towards saliant because they're proactive about it and they'll put things on a schedule like they do they don't they don't update the release immediately um, because they do their own internal testing and then they'll say okay we're ready to we're ready to do this. We're going to schedule the upgrade for Sunday. If that's not okay with you, let us know. You know, we'll reschedule, right? So they have a whole internal process that goes through that. When I work with, uh, you know, or or they'll be like, "Hey, I see you're still on 17. You know, <laughs> is it? T- it's time. We we have to keep you current. We're not going to support 17 anymore." Um, whereas, you know, at at 360 works where I have my own box. That's, you know, that's on me. When am I going to, when am I going to do the upgrade? When am I going to update that software? I can ask them. I can say, Hey, can you make sure it looks like this, this needs to be updated. Can you go ahead and update it? But they're going to, they're letting me maintain my own environment and just, you know, ask for help if I need it. So that's another one where I'm, I'm still monitoring that. And, and a little bit with FMP host too. I think, I think the, uh, you know, if you're on 19, they are going to do the updates and the, the patches and the releases, um, but they're they're not going to say, well, I don't know what if they time out if you can still be on 18 or not. So again, kind of just the the level of I guess you call it reactive versus proactive support. That, that's mm-hmm. what you're paying for. Yeah, that's that's good to know. And like you said, they'll always keep you updated to the latest version. You don't have to worry about that. And I assume <clears throat> those hosting providers have looked over the release notes very cautiously yeah and like you said tested you know the thing is though obviously they can't test every every of their customers files Mm -mm. so you still may run into a bug in your particular file oh for sure that yeah but that i mean that's and it's maybe a little bug in in filemaker server is affecting your file but it's not affecting another customers file there you know their customers so but they're doing they're they're at least helping out they're at least hey hey we're going to upgrade this is the best this is the better version or they may say hey we're going to skip a version do they do things like you know there's a whole big uh 
whoop de doo about uh, uh, what is it? Um, startup restoration. Mm. Um, do they recommend? Do they say we're just going to turn it off because that's what we think is the best way to go, or do they ask? What do they do? Yeah, well, no, that's a great one. I mean, that was a huge problem with FileMaker 18 with just how the yeah. the backups were set up, the preserved backups and the auto backups, and so uh, there again is kind of you know either if you choose to have more control, you're going to make that decision about whether you're keeping it on and how you set it up or not. Um, with, you know, I keep going back to Saliant, but with Saliant, I don't have access to the box. I don't get it. They do their their own backups through AWS. So I'm not turning on preserved backups because they've found that to be problematic. They do it differently using AWS backups. And because that's what they've determined is, um, you know, the best for the, whatever, 300 clients they have um, in terms of avoiding any potential problems. So it really sounds like a provider is the way to go. And there's quite a few that you've mentioned. There's there's probably a lot more and I'll try to find more. And it sounds like someone needs to do, uh, someone <laughs> not doing one of these services needs to um, do a kind of a roundup of these and just point out which ones do which, you know, well, like, almost be like great a too, because I feel a little bad. I'm sure there's other hosting companies out there that are great, or even the way I'm describing my interactions with each of these might not be how they present themselves. You know, it's just, uh-huh. it's my individual experience with why I pick, uh, you know, why I pick the hosting companies and other people, you know, would have different ones. So that, that would, I think that would be very helpful. Yeah. It, it gives, it gives us, you know, it allows us to, you know, we need a website. Like when you go to Angie's list or something, yeah. to <laughs> find a carpenter, a plumber, whatever, you can look at the ratings of all of the FileMaker hostings um, providers. <laughs> yeah. And why would you, you know what? Because there's different reasons. There's a lot of people I know who just only use FM Cloud, right? And that's yeah. great. So the question is, you know, why? what? Yeah. why? Yeah. Someone should get on that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> someone should get on it. Well, I, you know what I can do? If you do a blog, I can give, I can do a little, I guess we summarized it right now, but I can certainly do a summary of the ones that I've worked with and, and, okay. and even my checklist, Jeremy, of like what the questions that I'm asking to determine what kind of hosting I need. Yeah. Okay. So you, in, in, in our communication before this, you talked about your strong opinions um, and I've heard of some opinions. I don't know if they're sh- like, do you have like really, really, really strong, I'm going to die on this hill? Oh, opinions? no, I don't think I have any strong, I don't have any opinions that are that strong. I think I've just, this year in particular, I've gotten more heated about the need for really proactive hosting. And any of my clients that have their own box with their IT guy who doesn't know FileMaker, who just unplugged it, you know, I, mean, I just, I just can't tolerate it anymore. Like if, if I don't have some control over that server, whether it's through a hosting service or, you know, being able to have access to their internal server, um, I just can't support the solutions anymore. Do you work with companies with p- potential clients that insist on that? Or do you, is that one of your like red flags that would, would prevent you from wanting to work with them? Well, it's a good question. I, you know, in the past, there were there were a lot of clients that would come to me that already had FileMaker, and maybe their FileMaker developer retired or moved or quit or whatever, and so I would kind of pick up 
pick up where they left off and they had an internal server that was supported by their IT guy. Um, and now usually when I come into that situation, I'll say, okay, let, let me look at what you're doing here and make sure that that's a secure environment. Cause it's something that's out of my control now. And I've, I've found that, you know, if the customer, especially if it's not a solution I built and the customer is complaining about performance or access or whatever it may be, and I don't have access to the server and I don't have the server configured the way it really needs to be optimized, um, then I end up getting blamed for application failures. And that can get really expensive. You know, so uh, again, I've, I'm really, if I say I have a strong opinion, it's how do I set up the very best infrastructure so we can be successful? Given there's so many other variables out there right now, and and I do support a lot of older systems, right, that have been converted along the way. And, you know, just because there's a lot of people who won't do that, and I'm okay doing it, um, but I do want to have you know, to, to the extent possible, I want to have my infrastructure set up so I know that's not a variable. You, um, we've talked a lot about uh, on-prem and you said your preference is not on-prem. It's it's using a, a some sort of provider on the cloud. Is, and, and I hear this all the time, is in your opinion, is the on-prem setup, is that just a dead form, a dead art form for us nowadays? I think it's beginning to be, you know, again, I, I used to not have, even even two years ago, I didn't have a problem with it if my University of Chicago or Chicago Public Schools or uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield had their own server. But now suddenly I've got a lot of remote workers who can't get to the server because they have ports blocked or there's an issue with their VPN client. And then suddenly, oh, it's my fault they can't get to FileMaker. Right. And so I get into these discussions with IT trying to figure out what's going on. Um, also, when it's I've more and more run into problems with their network being unstable. Well, I don't have control over their network. I can show them that there was a network outage, um, but I can't guarantee that their server is optimized. So it's hard to you know put those pieces together. So again, if you kind of get back to can you control the environment, it, it, it's more necessary than it was before to be able to have that outside of the client's realm. Because in a lot of cases, you know, if they don't want to pay for things, they're going to point to, well, this is too slow or it's freezing up too much. And if they're hosting the solution themselves and you don't have the access to troubleshoot it, uh, it, it, it can cost a, cause a lot of problems. What would you- in your vast experience, you've dealt with many IT departments. If a FileMaker developer has to use their on-prem server, what advice would you give us in dealing with a company's IT department? Okay. Well, for the most part, I try to make it, you know, I try to say, hey, if you can, you know, I want to make it as simple for you as possible. You know, to the extent possible, I want to handle any issues that come up and here's the logs that I use because I think the main reason things get difficult with IT is they just, you know, almost every IT department I work with is overburdened, right? There's just too many pieces for them to keep track of in the same way we can't learn every different API that's going to work with FileMaker. They can't learn every different software that comes in there. So I'll, I'll start with that and say, okay, you know, here's what I recommend. You know, the client is going to need to have a server and here's what we need. And I'll, you know, the specs are right on the FileMaker site. 
and I need, and I never say the the minimum requirements, right? Ask for, <laughs> ask for what would really work well, ask for, you know, the best scenario. And I spell out, and it's, it's not that much. Here's the box I want. Here's the OS I want. Here's how much RAM. Here's how much disk space. And then I would like access to it so that I can configure it for you, right? And so most of the time when they know that I'm going to, you know, they're going to set up the environment and I'm going to support the software, then, then we can make progress, right? Because they don't want to learn FileMaker. They just want to know, okay, what do I need to open up? And if there's an issue, how will you support it? And the other things I like to make sure in just this initial correspondence with them is that they know it's secure and here's the schedules I'm going to have on backup and I make sure to, uh, to, to monitor for versions so that they can kind of check off to say, hey, we're opening up to somebody outside of us to support this thing, but I want to make sure they're using best practices. So one, present, you know, present yourself professionally, give them specifics about what you're looking for, and then three, uh, do a follow-up. And again, to the extent possible, I just try to take it off their plate. I'm not expecting IT to monitor this themselves. And that has proved very effective. It doesn't mean I don't get stuck having to go through their request process, you know, and, uh, have many, many meetings. I had a meeting last week, and I'm not kidding, there were 12 people on it just to, you know, spin up a FileMaker server, which which takes, you know, if, if, you, set, if you set one up with FMP host, you send them the request, it's ready tomorrow. No discussion. <laughs> you know, here's what I want. Here's how many users. Here's the license. You're done. And so that becomes really frustrating. But uh, I think I think the approach of trying to partner with IT and say I'm going to take on the responsibility for it is is helpful. That's that's good advice. It it and it it helps to speak their language a little bit too, or to know exactly what you're asking for. So you you know you say the clients can't get to the FileMaker server. They may not know what that means, but if you say open port whatever, whatever, yeah, they'll know exactly what to do, right? And there's absolutely been cases where, you know, I'm just not going to speak their language in terms of I don't understand, you know, how their virtual environment is configured and what it means to be a DMZ, blah, blah, blah. And so then I'll bring on, um, you know, Jesse Barnum's helped me with this. Bill Heiser's helped me with this. For the calls where there's 11 IT people speaking language I just don't understand, I'll bring somebody who does. Because, you know, if, if I, you know, if I get stuck and that kind of comes back to what we talked about at the beginning where you don't want to be intimidated, um, they can use that as an excuse to not give you what you want just because for whatever reason, right? And so if you have somebody who can translate and there are cases where you need to bring somebody in who really knows their stuff, it, it's absolutely worth it. Hey folks, it's me, Jeremy. You've been listening for a while now, hearing Molly and me talk about hosting and hosting providers. Molly has given us a lot of good information and has shared her experience in the providers she's worked with. And we're grateful to those providers for the awesome service they provide. So I'm glad Molly got to share with you her thoughts. But let me add to the mix by telling you about our hosting service, Proof Hosting. Launched just before the merger of these two companies, Proof Hosting expands upon the service that the Proof Group was previously providing. Our team of dedicated server specialists have constructed the perfect infrastructure for your FileMaker server needs. 
Using Foxtail technology, we've constructed the server instances that are better and faster than AWS environment. That's really true. We offer 24-7 support, even at the lowest tier of service, and we respond to alerts of low disk space, low memory, higher than normal CPU usage, and so much more. We're going to respond and resolve the issue quickly, so those using your application will experience as little downtime as possible. There are a couple other benefits as well. Here are some details. Let's see here. Uh, okay, we have the virtual servers are connected via a 10 gigabyte networking. We offer a free SSL certificate on our proof cloud domain. We have blazing fast disk IO performance. Our backup strategy has got you covered. Full server snapshots, offside zips held for 90 days, and local snapshots we call snaps every 20 minutes. There's an external firewall in front of the servers. There are 17 data centers across the globe for fast, low latency connections. That's more than AWS. And finally, our cost to performance ratio is better than AWS. Don't believe me? Give our infrastructure and support team a test by signing up for a seven day free trial. And if you want more information, reach out at info at and we'll provide more details. Along with the providers Molly has highlighted, you can now consider proof hosting. Well, this is good. This is there's a lot in here that is needed, but it sounds like, you know, it sounds like the biggest takeaway is that hosting providers are are the way to go. Yeah, I, I just I, I yeah. think so, and I didn't used to think that, you know. But yeah, again, there's just so many variables that's like get get it to a host. Stop worrying about making ten bucks a month off your client's hosting. Just get it up and running so you can focus on making them happy, making that software sing, and giving them just that twenty four seven support, um, so you don't have to worry about it. Well, Molly, that, that's 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 a lot here. I think I think we're good for now. Did I bore I, you to death? <laughs> oh no. Okay. I, 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 I'm, I mean, it is you know it is in the afternoon, and this is when I <laughs> this is my usual nap time. I, I miss my little nap here, but. <laughs> well, um, no, I mean, I, I, and I anyway, I, I it was nice to talk, but it is funny that it's like, yeah, there's a lot there, but it doesn't have to be. You know, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good with that. I, I like that. And this is just another area, as we said, to give up control and be okay with it because there's just our, our it's it's just growing too much. Our, our ecosystem is growing too much for us to know everything. Um, sure. If you have a huge team of people, you can have a server person and handle all the server needs for all of the clients. But yeah. if you're a small team or on your own, just pass it off to somebody else to handle well, and, and move on with it. your day. Well, Molly, this is this was good, and I'm I'm glad to to hear this. And it, it gives me some things to think about. And as we move forward, hear it here. We, um, you know, we can take your words into consideration. So, uh, I'm really glad that you were able to join me. Um, we'll have to do this again some other time and and talk more, maybe about business strategy and so forth. Yeah, that um, might be more so. entertaining than. Oh, nerding no, out about the server configuration. <laughs> no, no, there are there are people who are all over this right now, so okay, it's good. okay. Um, before we go, um, can you do you want to um, you know uh, shout out anything that you're working on? Plug anything you're working on that you you'd like the community to know, and if there's a way people can reach you and say hi and ask you questions, um, now's your time. Oh, that's great. Um, 
I guess I just, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting year for us. I think most people had some considerable slowdowns last year. And so I'm I'm finding a lot of my smaller businesses are picking up and a lot of the larger companies that kind of put the brakes on things. Uh, I think some of those larger projects they had uh, are now permanently stalled and hopefully they'll be looking towards uh, us as FileMaker developers to fill that niche. Um, you know, right now my team's kind of, you know, just just working on making sure to get everybody up to date to try and present the new options and and get up to speed on what uh, what's available. Um, I, anyway, I always love to hear from people. I'm on LinkedIn. You know, it's Molly Thorson Connolly. And then if I can give my email address, it's Molly at ThorsonConsulting.com. And um, you know, I always love to hear from people in the FileMaker community. So thanks for letting me be part of this podcast. I'm glad to have you here and we'll definitely have to have you back. All right. All right. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Context Podcast. Thanks to Molly Conley for sharing her insights about hosting and hosting providers. It was a great honor to talk with Molly and I hope to have her back. Again, if you're interested in hosting providers, check out the ones mentioned here, the ones listed in the show notes, and of course, proof hosting. All of these are here to meet your hosting needs, no matter what level of need you require. And hey, please take a moment to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're at 19 reviews so far, and that's okay, but we really appreciate that number getting up to 50. Also, we know that people like the show, and we know that people have good ideas about topics that we could talk about. We also know that there are folks out there that would like to share their ideas. If any of that comes to your mind, please reach out to us at thecontextpodcast at proofgeist.com. Until next time, remember, the Context Podcast is king.